Okay, we're going to begin this story called The Crow Scarer from It's a Rum Life, Book 3, New Bolingbroke, 1970-1984. Actually, I'm at home, sitting at my computer. It's just after midnight, and to cool off after stress and considerable physical exertion during the last hour and a half, I've been prompted to tell this tale of the crow scares from the 1970s. I never thought I would have to turn out in the dark when approaching the age of 70 to trudge across ploughed fields searching for the banger that is stopping me and half our community getting to sleep. Just so happens though that I probably have more experience at seeking and disabling crow scarers than anyone else smiles around. The original story happened like this. In the 1970s, we lived in a lovely community that was surrounded by the most evil landowner one could ever imagine. You probably have read about him already in some of the earliest stories in this book. He farmed huge fields of over 100 acres in size, all created by destroying hedgerows and trees. All these were very convenient for his massive farm machinery and designed to produce maximum profits, with no regard for the environment. To prevent the local bird population from seeking his newly sown seed, he employed the latest mechanical gas-powered cannon-type bird scarers. The land was very flat and, as I said, there were no trees or hedges, so when they went off bang, the noise carried for what seemed like miles. On clear nights, the noise seemed to echo off the sky and double its stressful and traumatic, traumatising effect. This is the whole point, you see. They were not just going off during the day, but also at night, when the birds are all asleep and we're trying to. The farmer, needless to say, lived miles away. You wouldn't catch him putting a crow scarer within hearing distance of his house. Of course, they were timed, and, and so when you were lying in bed trying to doze off, they kept continuing to bang at regular intervals. There's no law against it. There is a law against it. <laughs> and most farmers are quite considerate. This chap couldn't care less. First of all, I would ring the local police and complain. They were supposed to get the landowner out of his bed to turn the things off. But if you were not quite sure who owned the land, where they were banging away, then the police could do nothing. Community service. With the very first crow scarer that created problems, I began by just turning the things off at the gas cylinder tap. If the message had not got through the next time, I would cut the gas pipe with a knife leaving the gas turned on, of course, and leaving a cryptic note. If this did not work, then the equipment was either confiscated or dumped in the nearest land drain. Now they would take notice. To try and find a banger in those really big fields needed help, and perhaps a Land Rover. To locate the banger, one needed to home in on the noise and gradually pinpoint the exact location. Without some wheels in a field of 100 acres, you could weigh yourself out on foot and still never find the thing. Those bangers set up by the unpleasant farmer would be going off every 10 minutes or so. This would help to locate them within an hour. Once they were found and dismembered, 
you could just visualize the faces of all those folk lying in their beds trying to sleep. Relief at last. We were doing the community a service. And of that, there is no doubt. Over the years we lived in New Bolingbroke, the phantom crow scarer stoppers were forced to venture near and far, but seldom in the same field twice. Even after we moved to Great Steeping, there were nights when absent landowners tried to force their unpleasant and unfriendly farming methods on unsuspecting neighbours. After a visit from the Phantom, they never tried it a second time. The worst one. Finally, I must tell you about the most difficult one ever. While we were living at New Bolingbroke, and I was tracking tracking it on a bicycle across country. On roads at first, then I had to take to the fields, and between the fields were dikes and land drains, large and small. I must have been about 31 or 32 years of age at the time and very fit. I needed to be on this night. The number of times I had to backtrack to get round long lengths of water was becoming very irritating. I could still not see the offending machine, but it was getting nearer, or rather I was getting nearer to it. Eventually I found it, right on the boundary of a large field about two miles from home. By this time I was really annoyed with the infernal thing. I cut the hose into little pieces, leaving them on the ground, hefted the gas machine into the land drain where it immediately disappeared in about 15 feet of water. The gas cylinder felt very fairly full, so I thought, whew, I should have some compensation for my two hours or so of effort. I put it on my back and took it home. Even now I just don't know how I carried a 32 pound full gas cylinder across those fields, then cycled the remaining mile and a half or so with it still on my back. I never used it though. It sat in the corner of my shed as a sort of trophy. Uh, there's a note here from 2013, and we this is in France now, and we have a had a large banger going off in a neighbouring field, here in France for a couple of weeks, and only during the day, an inoffensive sort of bang and no problem. Then today, it seemed to get worse, banging more often and louder. Tonight it kept going, so at 11 p.m. I decided enough was enough and went to turn it off. One learns from experience to note where these things are during daylight hours once you begin to hear them. And then, if you need to take action, enough said. I found the original one, and it had stopped, but there was a second one, louder, and going about every ten minutes. I crossed one field on foot and realised how daft this was leaving a perfectly good mountain bike on the roadside. I had to go down a green lane, back again when found my way barred by another dike, and then go about a mile towards the town and across another field. There it was, all new and shiny with a complicated clock arrangement attached to the gas pipe. Hmm, I thought. This one is very different and quite capable of keeping good time. Plus, the reserve of gas in its system could keep it going for perhaps a half an hour, even when the gas cylinder was closed. 
All the parts were quite new and clamped with tough hose clips, so I had no choice. I had to put a small knife cut in the pipe just before the cannon section. I did turn the gas off first though. I hope he gets the message. There we are, that's the end of that little story. Um, it brought to you by Cracker Books. Written and read by Keith Sanders. Now then, oh yes, now there are over a hundred other free audio stories to listen to on this Buzzsprout site. Plus, follow Cracker Books on their Facebook page for details of your free ebook downloads. Cracker Books are now all or almost all available free to download anywhere in the world. Read it where you like, when you like, as page turning books. Uh, also, there are 50 free videos to watch on the short story man Keith Sanders on YouTube, including many heavy horse videos. Thank you for listening.